0: Okay, everyone, welcome back to the Dana Buckler Show. My name is Dana, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Mr. Jason Waters. Jason, how are you today?
1: (laughs) I'm doing great, man. Excellent. Welcome back. It's been a little while. It has, yeah. We took a a little, uh, I don't think we call it a a March siesta. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. Um, Not to date this, you know, someone's listening for
0: a couple years, a couple years down the road, but yeah. I was uh I attempted a dry march
1: Ooh. with
0: mixed results. So Yeah, my
1: my anniversary and birthday are in March, so um there is there's no dry here. There's no dry. Okay, but very uh, wet.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this is an episode that's been a, a long time in the making. Yeah. If you look at sort of the history of this podcast, I have done deep dive retrospective into the terminator franchise and i've done an episode on the the history of titanic and i've done an episode on the history of aliens and look i think and terminator 2 and you know (laughs) we've already done avatar 2 we did an episode on avatar yeah so it's just only natural that we go ahead and have a conversation about all of the James Cameron films, and then by the end of the episode, we'll just go ahead and rank them, which, come to find out, was very easy for you. It was, very, it was so
1: easy for me. Very difficult for me. Yeah. Very difficult. For I you, I think it was like, you know, picking your favorite child. Exactly. For me, it was like, let me pick my favorite cousin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not not to say I don't love James Cameron, but I look at them completely differently than you do, and I think you delved way more into his background Everything from cinematography to, you know, the art and makeup, so. Listen, I've said it before, and I'll go on record saying it again. Uh,
0: There are very few filmmakers, in my opinion, that have an attention to detail and the most minute thing in a shot, in a frame.
1: Yeah, everything's on
0: purpose. It's just, there's no, you know, what's remarkable about James Cameron, and he is one of the few directors out there that when he sets out to make a movie and let's not let's not kid ourselves the man has made eight films in 40 years that's
1: crazy
0: that is think not, about that's not a lot
1: of movies that's like what martin scorsese did just in the 90s yeah.
0: <laughs> so the thing is and he is one of these directors who are filmmakers auteurs because you know he he basically he controls every aspect of the production oh yeah he is never on a timetable. He is never, he is never up against the studio saying, "All right, we've already announced the release date. It's this date, and you have to have the project finished by yeah. then."
1: He, he. Well, I think, yeah. When you get into, when we start going through his movies, he hits that point where, you know, you go to Aliens and then to some of his later movies, and you just go, "Oh, don't, yeah, don't." don't put this guy on a leash let him off the leash and watch what he can do watch how much money he's going to make you
0: to 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 back up to what i was just saying there one of the rare instances where the studio did interfere was 20th century fox with the abyss yeah where he was making this film and and if you don't know the the backstory of sort of what it took to make this film and it was all in typical james cameron everything was done for real everything was filmed underwater everything and it was a disastrous filming process and it it went way over budget it went way over time and he kept pushing the release date and finally fox that was financing this they literally broke into the editing room and said (laughs) we're done you have two options okay (laughs) you can finish now or you can go stand in front of an audience and explain the movie oh jeez four times a day in 1,200 cinemas. (laughs) (laughs) And from that point on, he made it a point to uh, always have complete creative control.
1: I mean, tell me what the final cut is. I will tell you. Exactly.
0: Exactly. So, well, you know, we're going to rank the films, but I think what we're going to do is just have a a general conversation about the, the eight movies. We'd be remiss if we didn't say that technically the Terminator isn't his first movie. I mean, Piranhas Two, piranha Two, the spawning. So he was hired to, he came on board. They fired the original director. He came on board. He did like, you know, if if the stories are to be believed (laughs) anywhere from five to 10 days of shooting. And then he was promptly fired. Yes. And they cut the movie and he fought like tooth and nail to have his name (laughs) taken off of the picture. But they, they they put it on there. A little brief backstory on James Cameron, uh, originally from Canada moved to Los it's Angeles. To people. He, yeah, right. yeah, it's a good Canadian kid. So, moved to moves to Los Angeles is married at the time. I think he's been married 5 times, mm-hmm. but he's married, he's working as a truck driver, as a delivery man. He's just doing every job, you know, he can find. Right. He goes to the movies in 1977, sees Star Wars. And right then and there says, "Okay, I have found my I, I know what I want to do." Yeah. But he was broke. And he couldn't afford to go to film school. So what does he do? He goes to the USC library. The USC is known having one of the top film schools in the world. He goes to the USC library day after day and photocopies every textbook <laughs> on the subject of the, every text badass yeah. yeah
1: yeah so basically he once a copy he
0: photocopied <laughs> every single book that was required in the usc film school program and taught himself a lot of the the you know the mechanics of making a movie and then Got a job working for New World Pictures, which was Roger Corman's studio.
1: Yeah.
0: As a lonely production assistant. Anything. 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 He had a little bit of experience with carpentry, so he was helping build sets. And one day they were doing a scene for a movie where you know not to get graphic here but they they were the scene where it was like a severed hand with maggots on it and they used real <laughs> maggots but they couldn't get the maggots to move so he rigs up this electrical wire and shocks them and gets them to move like and, and it just happened to be the day that corman was visiting the set and like who is this guy, who is this <laughs> guy? This is maggot master so he you know he he doesn't have like that conventional yeah you know George Lucas, I went to USC film school, you know, right. here's, my, here's my student film thesis, and on the strength of that, let me see what I can do. He, he literally, you know, self-taught himself. Yeah, And he learned every position, from a gaffer, to a best boy, to a DP. Kama Sutra of the film industry. Literally every <laughs> single position. Not yeah. only did he learn it, but he mastered it. Yeah. For good or for bad, it just means that when he is on set, he knows the job better than anyone else on set so yeah. he demands perfection and again for good or for bad i mean i've heard stories from people that
1: have worked on well, his sets for good before. or for bad yeah there's a there's the way to treat people the Let, i I'm like, good about to let's bring let's harvey look. into it but yeah there's there's a way to treat people to get the result you want and there's a way to get the result you want by showing people how to lead and i think that's what he does yeah yeah so
0: You know, we're not going to dive too deep into his, into (laughs) his, his
1: (laughs) his reputation
0: on the set, but let's just say he is a perfectionist. Yes. And, and I think that rather translates as are most
1: geniuses. I mean, you don't, no one wants to accept mediocrity. No, no. And if you know what you want, you get what you want. And
0: when we get to our ranking, I want to make sure it's crystal clear. (laughs) All right. At least for me, I don't. Find a bad James Cameron movie on my list. I think they're all exceptional. So I think some are more exceptional than others. Yeah.
1: But I think they all fall into what could be described as masterpiece category. I mean, when you're yeah, when you're talking about like, you know, uh just to bring someone else into it, Quentin Tarantino who's getting ready to do his tenth and possibly final film. Right. I mean, you've got eight from James Cameron. So people who focus on the craft and not on the money aspect of it. Like Make a great movie and the money will come. And that's what they understand. Absolutely. So let's start with nineteen eighty four 1984's The Terminator. You don't um, want to do Piranhas, too? I don't. I've got tomato, Rotten Tomatoes
0: numbers on it. All right. You know what? <laughs> For the sake of this conversation, because we're doing Rotten Tomato numbers on these films. Okay. I'm going <laughs> to... <laughs> I have no idea what the box office was on am and I don't, I don't even know if it had a theatrical release because again, this is like way before home video was even a thing. Yep. Uh I, I I'm gonna say zero.
1: Pretty close. Two <laughs> percent. Re- review uh critics were five percent. Five percent audience doubled that, 10%. more than doubled that at eleven. Eleven percent. All right. But we're not gonna tag him with that one. All right. Fun okay. fact I've never seen the film. Neither have I. No. I, I. I like
0: the first Piranha. I think it's a good tongue-in-cheek <laughs> yeah. tongue in Joe, Joe, Joe Dante-directed film, but it's not. Uh, yeah. I've never been interested. Now, The Terminator comes out in 1984. Oh, so, a couple things to keep a note here. A couple things of note when, he, when you're talking about The uh, The Terminator, 1984. Cameron is clearly an unproven director. This is his first film. It's written and directed by him. Uh, it's produced by his then-wife, Gail Ann Hurd. And it stars a... Up and coming, you know, this is Arnold Schwarzenegger before this is the movie they made Arnold Schwarzenegger a star. Now he had been in Conan the Barbarian yes. and Hercules of New York. And he was most famous for you know winning the Mr. Olympia six times and you know you know he was a famous bodybuilder.
1: He was bigger than ever, right? Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. But this this was the first this was his first big breakout movie. I mean Conan was good, but you know, I mean it wasn't it didn't appeal to the masses the way this film did. Interesting footnote the uh the first person that James Cameron had in mind to play the terminator was actually OJ Simpson and Whoa. it was decided that OJ Simpson was just too nice of a guy that audiences <laughs> wouldn't buy that oh. so that's a fun fact about the terminator oh, wow. That is revisionist history right there. All right, yeah. and then uh, Lance <laughs> Hendrickson was also auditioned, and it looked like who he, was in Piratas too. Yeah, he was in Piratas too, and okay. he was also he's you know he's in Aliens, he's in Aliens, you yeah, know? and the Terminator, yeah, and this film. Without getting into this, like, where does this rank on your list? Because we're going to talk about that towards the end of the episode. I will say that I didn't actually didn't see term the original Terminator until after Terminator 2 had come out. Oh, really? Yeah, because I mean, wow. let's see. Let's see, okay, okay. let's see, Terminator comes out in 1984. I'm six years old. God, yeah. my parents are not going to let me watch that movie. Um, you know, and then, you know, it was, I didn't have access to a lot of these films in the, in the 80s when I was a child. My dad yeah. took my brother and I to see Terminator 2 in the theaters, first R-rated film I ever got a chance to see. And then shortly after that, uh, the double box set, vhs box set of terminator terminator 2 came out and that was given to me as a, as a oh, present cool. for christmas and so that was actually the first time i saw the terminator and I'm, i remember go ahead i'm sorry
1: no i, I just remember like this the one great thing about my parents is um a lot of the times we would go into the there was a it was before, before blockbuster there was a little tiny video store in courtney plaza uh, we lived about a mile away my parents would go in they'd go all right what haven't you seen and we'd walk the aisles and i, I must have been like nine or ten so 89 90 is the first time i saw it and i remember being so psyched when i heard that terminator 2 was coming out i'm like they're just now making a sequel like this is awesome but yeah that original film the special effects that i saw in 1989 were better than what most movies were doing in 1989 oh, from yeah. 1984.
0: you know and speaking of the special effects this was one of the first big movies for Stan Winston, who yes. became famous for his his special effects. But he was kind of an unknown at the time. I mean, the big special effects guy in the early '80s was Rick Baker. Rick Baker. He had yep. done he had done the uh, American Werewolf in London. You know, won an Academy Award for that. Uh, he was too expensive. Really? Oh no, Yeah. They, they were working with a six million dollar budget here, so he, the, he was too expensive, and so they went with Stan Winston. Kind of came up through that same the same ranks as Cameron, and they yeah. knew each other. Um, and then, of course, he would go on to. I mean, my God, I mean, he become <laughs> the most famous special effects yeah. guy of all time. Now, here's an interesting thing about the first Terminator. I mentioned I didn't see it until after Terminator 2 came out. I remember as like a 12-year-old watching or a 13-year-old watching the first Terminator. And after you see Terminator 2 first, <laughs> you're like, come on. Like, I'll, I'll be the first. I was a little underwhelmed at the time. Really? I, mean, I was like, I mean, it was good. I mean, I it was yeah, good. Yeah. But but my 13-year-old brain didn't have the capacity to think- understand how revolutionary not yeah. only the effects,
1: but the story was. I well, mean, it, and it's got to be difficult to see Arnold as the hero and then the villain. Right. I mean, that's got to be jarring. Yeah.
0: And plus his hair wasn't as good as it was in Terminator <laughs> 2. Uh, but now looking back on it, like Terminator is a I can say that I easily watch both of those movies. At least once a year. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like a, oh, I, I'll, sure. I'll do a one, two, or I'll just, if the mood hits me right, because I own them. I own yeah. both the digital and physical copies of them. I would love to do the Terminator for dinner and a movie. I just don't know oh, if I would of, yeah. get the crowd for that, but I would love that. <laughs> Look, it was really ahead of its time. It was a great story, too. Yeah, it, like, was, it was
1: one of those stories that, like, how, how has no one, no one come up with this yet? Yeah, no like, one science fiction but drama and action all in one i mean it's just an excellent combination
0: so what's interesting about the terminator is they they cast arnold you know cameron meets with uh, with arnold a couple times and they they agree to do the picture so dino de who who is the producer of the conan movies yeah he had a contract with arnold where at any point, he could exercise the contract to go ahead and do a sequel to Conan. So when De Laurentiis found out that Arnold had signed on to do this science fiction, you know, Ooh. action movie, he exercised the clause in that contract. And and like a month before they were supposed to start production on the Terminator, all of a sudden Arnold had to come to Cameron and say, "I I, I Sorry, can't. I, I, I have to go do this movie." So. <laughs> You know, for like six months, the the production is shut down. Where Arnold's off filming Conan the Destroyer. Conan the Destroyer. And Cameron, you know, does some you know writing for hire gigs. You know, and he actually a lot of people don't know this wrote the original screenplay for Rambo: First Blood Part Two. Part Two. Yeah. Which Stallone came in and took a hatchet to it. But <laughs> when you watch the credits for Rambo: First Blood Part Two, there is a written by James Cameron. In the credits I haven't seen That's that one in, so,
1: story. I have not seen that one In so long But it was so good Rambo First Blood Part I love two. Rambo First Blood Part You know what two. I think if you
0: watch it again You're going to find That it's It's real. Like the last 30 minutes of the movie Are good So
1: here's what I'll tell you I hated When I was a kid I hated Rambo but first blood, the, yeah, the first original blood. one, the original one. Hate it. Love it. Now oh, it's a masterpiece. When I was also a kid, I hated
0: part two and I love that now. See, I, we just did uh, a couple years ago, Mike Scott and I, we did the entire Rambo oh, franchise. Really? Like So oh, yeah, I watch that and, and listen to that. I, I'm re-watching Rambo First Blood Part 2 and I'm like there's not much going on in this movie like he there's an exciting thing where he lands and you know he jumps out of the airplane he gets hung up and he has to cut all his cool gear off and it's just him and his knife and his bow and arrow and then like nothing happens for like an hour alright nothing and then it just becomes like this exercise in you know never running out of ammo anyway so, so good. About another it. thing he does is he meets with uh, some producers at 20th Century Fox and he's he's just trying to pitch himself on do you have any writing assignments and one of the guys said well you know we're, we're thinking about a sequel to Ridley Scott's alien mm. and Cameron said well, you, you, you got to give me an opportunity to, to to make it you know take a pass pass at this and I was like yeah whatever because again sequels are not huge their sequels are always considered to be a lesser product but yeah. you know and these the, the guys were like yeah go yeah go ahead just give it a shot so he he writes like a like a 30 page treatment for the story comes back and famously again if the rumors are to be believed on a dry award race board he writes alien and then puts an s to call it aliens and makes the s a dollar sign and they they agree to let him write and direct the movie That's so amazing so but again none of this happens if Dino De Laurentiis doesn't exercise that clause in the contract to have arnold do Conan. that's insane so he makes terminator now the the guys at fox were going to wait and see the response to terminator before they gave him the okay to do the directing and then the terminator comes out makes you know 75 million against a six million dollar budget and becomes this you know phenomenon oh yeah and you know i mean i I, i've never actually looked it up but the rotten tomatoes on the terminator would be what um one would you like to guess uh okay so for critics critics Mm, that's interesting because I do know I did watch Siskel and Ebert review this movie um, and they both gave it thumbs up. Mm-hmm. So, but again, critics mm. back then were very, if it wasn't offish with the you know, action the, movie. Uh, sci-fi action. Yeah. So I'm going to say and this
1: is mm, 70%. 100%. Come on. <laughs> now. Come on. Come on. 100%. That is 100% guaranteed fresh. Um, now the uh, audience score on it, which you would think would be close, it's not that far off 90%, it's 89%, but still, okay, but still, right. I mean, that's a universal acclaim by critics and audiences. Can you just like, we're both too young to remember,
0: but could you imagine seeing that movie in 1984? Oh my that gosh,
1: theater? it's like it, it must have been what it was like to see Star Wars in the 70s and just go, <gasps> yeah. What
0: the yeah. hell did you just do? I mean, we got to experience some stuff like that in the 90s, but my goodness, like, well, I guess we both got to experience Terminator 2 in the theater, yeah. which yeah. was awesome. So the Terminator is a big success. The guys over at Fox, the producers at uh, Brandywine Productions. I remember this from my <laughs> Aliens retrospective episode. They give him the okay, he goes over to Pinewood Studios, begins production on Ooh. Aliens. We talked about this a little bit in yeah. our sequels. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so so Aliens, uh, the sequel to the 1979 hit film by Ridley Scott, which I will contend is still a incredible movie. Yes. And Cameron's gonna take this in a completely different direction. He's gonna do bigger, bigger, Bigger and Uh, scarier, more intense, more thriller. For those who haven't seen the first Alien. Not only is it singular, but there's literally just one <laughs> alien. Yeah, that's pretty there's much There's one xenomorph in that movie, and it's really like I remember. Kind of the the the, the tagline on the posters was or the critic reviews: "It's Jaws in space." Yeah, and that's literally what it is. It's Jaws in space. Yeah. Well, aliens. It's not one. It's not two. It's hundreds, if not thousands, of it's the aliens. Critters in space. And this is the first movie where I think Cameron really nails. The, the characters, every single character in this movie is interesting yep. and is kind of stands on their own. You, you want to spend, you want to get to, you want to know a little bit about each one of these characters. And I,
1: his one, of, one or two of his five wives may disagree, but he is one of the biggest proponents of strong female characters in cinema. Find me a movie that he's made that does not have a strong female lead that is just going with it i mean i mean spoilers for the terminator (laughs) but if you haven't seen the movie
0: i don't know why you're listening to this (laughs) um but if you haven't seen the terminator linda hamilton plays sarah connor and michael bean plays kyle reese who's been sent back to you know protect her from this terminator played by arnold and at the end she
1: saves the day she saves the day and i mean throughout every single one of his movies i mean it's just you know spoiler alert for titanic but only one person makes it on that door yeah (laughs)
0: What's interesting about Aliens is, you know, the only surviving character from Alien was Sigourney Weaver's Weaver's character Ripley. And Cameron had wrote the script around her. You know, Mm -hmm. you know, she's been in cryo sleep for 57 years and she is, you know, kind of her hand is forced to return back to the planet. Yeah, what does she
1: do? Uh, I'll go back. Yeah, which has been
0: colonized now. But what was interesting is that Sigourney Weaver... Initially passed on the opportunity to do aliens because she was she is to this day very anti-gun And she didn't want to be in a movie that was just you know maximum firepower Yeah And the thing is that cameron kind of had to sit her down and say look I know you're anti-gun All right But I need you to know that your character is going to have a maternal instinct and you are going to be the mother to this orphan child newt yeah. And that is your arc. And the only reason why you're picking up these guns is because of that maternal instinct to protect this child. And when he sold it to her that way, she was on board. Yeah. Footnote, Alien <laughs> 3, she only agreed to do it if there was going to be no guns in it. And there was not a gun in Alien 3.
1: Wow. I, didn't even, I really had never
0: even thought about that. So. That's insane. So with Aliens, Cameron is in Pinewood Studios working. Wow. Now, Pinewood, for those who don't know. Pinewood <laughs> Studios is this gargantuan lot outside of London. Yep. Okay, and this is where they film everything. This is this is back in the day. This is long before green screens, and you would actually build sets mm-hmm. inside this this massive, this behemoth place. And you know, it's all union work there. Mm-hmm. All right, so all the guys that work there. You know, they're all in the unions. All right. And I'm not knocking them. This is just but that's just the way it is. And these unions have really strict rules. And the rules are you work for so many hours, then you take a break, and then there's this, and they get another break and, and we there's have tea. There's afternoon
1: tea. And there's biscuits. Yeah, and there's tea. And there's biscuits. second and,
0: breakfast. And and Cameron, who you know, he's coming off this success with the Terminator, which really didn't play that well in London. So most of these guys didn't even know who he was. <clears throat> yeah. And they he battled with them relentlessly. Like he, like they be in the middle of a shot and be like, all right, all right, you know what, this is it. You know what, we're gonna do this one more time. And then like he turn around and the and like all the lighting guys were gone. He's like, where where the fuck is everyone? <laughs> well, it's tea time. It's, it's, it's high tea. It's high tea. Isn't yeah. it? <laughs> and what did he fame when he was done with the shoot? He said something to the effect of, I oh God, I can't remember it. It's um, it's something to the effect of he says, listen, God. He, he gathers the entire crew and he goes, I just want to let you know like two things. Like two two great things are gonna come out of this. Uh, Number one, we made an amazing amazing movie
1: and number two i never have to see any of you fucking people again and, and there, <laughs> there's that netflix uh, documentary the movies that made us right that goes through that exact you know same thing and it shows it interviews some of those cast members too we're like this is just this is not the way films were made back then we had respect for one another yeah it's like no, no no we're making a movie here let's get this shit done
0: and aliens <sighs> It's interesting because you always want to see that you you want to look at the evolution of a director. Like you look at the evolution of Tarantino, you know, from Reservoir Dogs to Pulp Fiction is a giant leap. Yes. But when you look at Pulp Fiction compared to, say, Inglorious Bastards and Django and Once Upon, like there's a massive leap from Pulp Fiction. Yeah. I say this. Aliens could be released as is today with very little changes oh, 100% and 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 still have more weight and more punch than anything that's come out in the past few years
1: well, i can say that well i mean that's the great thing about placing stuff in the future yeah. as long as there's not too many hokey cgi which what he did in this one through special effects was animatronics i mean people holding up you know giant arms for yeah. the xenomorphs i mean it was the the level of detail that went into every single shot he wasn't going to he wasn't going to compromise the finished effect for either cost or time to get it done and he didn't do anything that wasn't like
0: like so many movies back then that would show the future, everything's so pristine right, and clean. Yeah. You know, his future was gritty and things look. I mean, these were space marines. Everything was kind of still run down, yeah, and you everything's know, everything's run by a corporation. You know, and, you know. like like the ships, they're you know they're worn out in places and everything like that. <laughs> and you know, he got some of the stuff right, like the the video monitoring calls, like yeah, that. That was something he nailed. But he didn't try to. It wasn't a Back to the Future Part Two type thing, right? <laughs> you know, I think he subscribed to the theory of. Certain things will never change no matter how much time goes by, you yeah. know, where things will become more convenient. But there are like we still sit in chairs that have been invented <laughs> thousands of years ago. You know, we're not sitting on hover pads, right. you know, like, <laughs> like, so I think he had the foresight to to realize that, you know, the future is it's there's going to be advancements. But a lot of things are going to say it's like these guys still, still need clothes. Have, <laughs> they still need clothes. They still have lockers, you know, yep. like it's, you know. Yeah. And they're still eating cornbread. <laughs> in. <laughs> So I can't remember the first time I saw Aliens, but I can tell you the last time I saw it <laughs> about a month ago, About <laughs> a month ago, I was gonna say the same thing. I, I watch it a couple of times a year. It's um, it's I, I just think I'm so captivated by the film and its characters that even the extended cut, which is like 20 minutes longer. I, I'm I am never bored by this movie. And, and people will say it's action-packed. It's
1: not action-packed. No, no. There there's are a, long walls I mean, so between much. the action, but it's, it's so suspense. interesting. Yeah, suspense, drama, and just waiting. You wait for so long for the alien to finally come out. But what I was going to say is, um, much like you and Terminator, I never saw Alien, maybe until 10 years after I saw Aliens. I didn't even know Alien existed. I just thought, because if it was a sequel back then, it was two. I saw Aliens, and I was like, this is fantastic.
0: I'll tell you, this is a funny story. Just, you just invoked a memory that, <laughs> that I haven't thought of for a while. Because you know what? I have to say I'm, I agree with you. Because I saw Aliens. I remember this was a rental. Mm-hmm. My sister had rented this. This would have been like 87, a year after the movie came out. Oh, I didn't sleep for days. And I was like, it was during the summertime, and my parents were at work. And I've got my two older sisters yeah. and my brother. We're all at home. And, and they're letting us watch this movie on VHS and it was freaking me out. And, and when Alien 3 came out, I think that was like 92, that's when I think the light bulb went off and said, oh, wait, Aliens is the second part of this movie. So uh, the same thing. Yeah. My brother in 1993 for Christmas got me the VHS trilogy. Oh, wow. Okay. Of Alien, Aliens, and Alien 3. And that's what awesome. I remember so like i haven't thought about this in 30 years is that the aliens tape didn't work oh really Only alien and alien <laughs> 3 worked and that was the first time i saw alien but i do remember clearly the first time seeing alien loving it yeah like actually like i was 14 15 years old and and really liking the movie
1: because i thought again it was very well done well you just kind of sparked a memory of me too because kids today Probably have a more difficult time getting away with this, but and I don't think my parents listen to the podcast anymore. They got tired of listening to my voice. <laughs> but um, my mom's the same way. <laughs> She's like, my yeah, mom, you what did listen you to do? that podcast. Oh, okay, that's fine. My mom texted me a month ago, You had John Travolta
0: on the show? I'm like, Yeah, three years ago.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so we had terrible babysitters during the summer. I mean, um, it was like my mom's boss's daughter who liked to hang out by the pool the entire day. So when you had VHS rentals, you, I mean, my parents would rent movies all the time. And when they went off to work and she was by the pool, I don't care what it was. That was going in the, the VCR. And if she came by and said, like, what are you watching? Like, oh, just a movie my parents rented for us. Yeah, <laughs> I saw all kinds of stuff I shouldn't have seen. <laughs> Thank you,
0: VHS. Uh, uh, those were the days. <laughs> so, Aliens, uh, you know, goes on to be a massive hit. Oh, yeah. And he, he had like an $18 million budget for it. And I think yep. it makes, you know, 120, 180? $130 million. Uh, $130 but, million. you know, also, I mean, make, let's see here. This was a movie that was recognized by the Academy. And this is Aliens received two awards at the 1987 Academy Awards. Uh, best sound effects and best visual effects. Uh, Weaver was nominated for Best Actress, losing to Marley Martin for the romantic drama *Children of a Lesser God*. Ooh. But uh, again, like uh, a uh, a pattern that will continue at least when it comes to the technical side of Academy Awards will be James Cameron. Of course, not this year because Ooh. you know how,
1: Man. how
0: can you do? You know, he was. I- what do they get Best? Was I was think it been, they won one award was it, was it sound editing? Something like that, something crazy How, how it didn't get
1: best visual effects oh. Or maybe it did get best visual well, effects I, to, I don't know, I have to look, that, to up, look that up Man, and he boy, well, I, don't, I wouldn't say he boycotted it, but The fact that he didn't show up, I was like you Well, Tom, to, didn't either, Tom didn't show up either Tom was nominated for best picture Because he was a
0: producer on the movie yeah. So a, as a producer, you would have been able to get up there And accept the award, but
1: he knew but he knew and he didn't go to the golden globes either no but cameron did cameron did but man after two billion dollars to just go eh? i mean i i I kind of get it that's a that's a huge snub as of recording this
0: episode tomorrow avatar comes out on vod on digital release for purchase with three hours of extended content or extra extra uh, the bonus original features. original Avatar? No, no. Avatar The Way of Water comes okay. out tomorrow after. So it's now a six hour movie? No, no. Three <laughs> hours of bonus <laughs> features. Okay. I was about to say, <laughs> I felt like a six hour. Movie. Look, I'm just going to say for the record, I'm, I'm buying it. I'm buying it tomorrow. <laughs> All I'm, right. I'm going to own it. Saw it four times in IMAX. So. Numbers? Numbers for aliens. What do
1: you, what do you think? Uh, Oh, this was a very popular film. I say ninety-five percent, ninety-eight for critics, ninety-eight for critics. Um, although Siskel and Ebert did not like it, the two that were outliers. Um, but the audience score ninety-four. Yeah, okay. I mean, anything to my to me anything over eighty is generally accepted as a great movie. Yeah. Anything over 90 is just universal it, acclaim. It's a classic. It
0: becomes yeah. a classic. All right, so he's going to take a few years off. He's going to come back with Well, I guess what I'm going to describe this film as probably the the less the, the lesser known James Cameron film. I mean, we we remember when this came out, but this movie Doesn't really have the what I think the the lasting impact of certainly not the lasting impact of the Terminator and and aliens. Yeah, Um, there's one more on the list, which I, you know, I'm a huge fan of, which I also think doesn't have the lasting impact. And that could be because it, it could be because both this movie and True Lies have never had a proper you know blu-ray or high definition you know release Redo, yeah because um, they're they're tied up in rights issues but i'm talking about 1989's the abyss
1: and i i gotta say this movie suffers from the title if he had found something else other than the abyss it just makes you go eh what is it could be anything so the abyss
0: it didn't have it, it was not loaded with star power either no Okay. At the time, no. At the time, at the time, so you had you had Ed Harris, Mary Elizabeth Master, Antonio, Michael Bean. I mean, those were the the big names on it. It's interesting. One of the first story concepts that James Cameron ever came up with, and when he was a teenager, he came up with the idea for this movie. Now, he works with 20th Century Fox on this one. And like I said at the beginning of the episode, you know, he kept delaying this thing. It was supposed to be released in in July of '89, and he got pushed for a couple more weeks. He, he was. There are groundbreaking special effects in this. Film. And I remember
1: before this even came out, that shot of the face coming out of the water yeah. made it onto TV where, you know, you, you know, good morning, America, today show. We're going, look at what's being done yeah. in cinema today. Can anyone believe that we can do this? And,
0: and it, well, it really was to say groundbreaking. I mean, it was revolutionary. Yeah. It's the first proper use of, of CGI. But the thing is, there were. Other uses of CGI in the movie that were ultimately cut out, and that is because the company hired to do the CGI, you know, there's there's a whole subplot. Where the undersea creatures, if you will, are going to destroy the earth because of humans thirst for war. Right. And they have these giant tidal waves and the CGI looked awful on it. And Fox, the first cut of the movie he delivered was like three hours long. And Fox is like, no way. You got to cut this down. And he wasn't happy with the CGI effects. so, So he cut all of that out. You know, if it had been done properly, we would have been that that face in the water would have been like, oh, that's cool. But look at these massive tidal waves that are supposed to be coming up. So the the movie does make money worldwide. You know, it makes 90 million bucks worldwide. But it's it's interesting because other studios found out that James Cameron's next movie was underwater. So they rushed. A couple other movies that got theatrical releases the same year Leviathan and Deep Star 6, both of which are not. We talked about that on Deja Vu, though. Leviathan. I I still have never seen that. Well, they're not good. (laughs) (laughs) They're not great. Uh, So, you know, people were like, another underwater movie. Okay, let's.
1: what, What else you got?
0: I didn't see The Abyss until. Maybe 1996, the first time oh, I wow. saw it, and it's—I can say arguably it's the—it's the Cameron film I've seen the least. Okay. And every time I watch it, I—I'm—I I, find it interesting, but it doesn't grab me the way the rest of his movies do.
1: Uh, so. I don't know. I, I it it hit with me not because of, I mean it's the CGI was I mean absolutely fantastic. I think this might be Mary Elizabeth Master Antonio's one of her best movies. Well, she'll tell you it was her worst experience ever have, working on a movie. It may have been, but what he got out of her was, I mean, just absolutely fantastic. Yeah, no, no. I, um, I, As well as Ed Harris. I mean, not his best movie, but the, the acting in this parallels the CGI just for level of intensity and relationship to the medium. The I mean. thing about The
0: Abyss, for those who haven't seen it, I'll keep it somewhat spoiler free here, is... You know, the movie opens up with a US nuclear submarine. There's an, has an accident for certain reasons. Not sure why it ends up, you know, destroyed at the bottom of the ocean and Ed Harris and his crew are, are oil drillers, you know, and they're working out this submerged platform on the bottom of the ocean and they're all believable as roughnecks, yeah. you know, like that's the thing. Again, Cameron is brilliant. At this casting. is not
1: Armageddon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, this, is,
0: but, but, and so they're tasked to helping some Navy SEALs, one of them, Michael Bean, which. I will give credit. He gives an amazing performance great. in yeah. this film, yeah. and you, we, the way you start to see him start to just unravel, it gives me anxiety. That might yeah. be one of the reasons why I don't revisit this movie <laughs> that so could much. Be. Because it's claustrophobic. It's so claustrophobic. Yeah. Like, like I'm again. It's not a bad movie. <laughs> no, it's it's, it's great. not a. It's I'm not giving it a not recommend. I'm definitely giving it a recommend. But it, I think pacing wise, and it, it it's definitely not i think top tier cameron but again
1: it's still better than 70% of all the other movies that came out in that 10 yeah. year span. It is a locally defined locally refined and confined movie. It it, it is takes, I mean it if you are at all claustrophobic or have issues with going underwater to those kinds of depths yeah there i will say there is
0: there is a scene where Ed Harris breathes a liquid
1: oh which, god
0: which is a real thing okay which oxygen there's oxygen in this liquid so you have to let that liquid into your lungs huh. and you can breathe and it's so you can go under the, those type of prep yeah oh. almost drown in that just uh- it's but it's it's a real thing like yeah. I, I, I i did the research like that really exists yeah, like, like
1: scene, your body will remember that's how you were in the womb like the scene
0: with the where they put the rat in there was actually had to be removed from british oh really theatrical releases because it was animal cruel they considered it to be animal cruelty but now they really did that like, No kidding. But that rat really survived
1: oh my god
0: so i mean it's just look if you haven't seen it it's a hundred percent worth a watch it's definitely we talk about the you know the attention to detail everything there's nothing in that movie that doesn't seem believable by the way we don't have platforms that far down where people <laughs> are living but it's completely believable it, yeah
1: yeah why not like,
0: when you watch leviathan and deep was- star six you're gonna be like well that looks like a bunch of there's horse no shit. google back then where you'd be like that's horseshit yeah <laughs> so curious the numbers on this one because you know 50 million dollar box office i mean 50 50 million dollar budget you know 90 million dollar box office and then you know he signs a like a a multi-year picture deal with Caraco Pictures for like a 500 million dollar deal and part of that deal was they gave him the money to finish the effects for The oh, Abyss. Really? So when they did this special edition release on VHS, they added those extra scenes with the with the waves oh, and everything. Wow. And you go on YouTube and watch it. It's really interesting. So Rotten Tomatoes on this one, this is yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say this one's critics 75. 88.
1: 88? (laughs) Audiences 65. 83. 83. All right. No, I mean it's it's it has um it has aged well because the CGI that's in this is not something hokey. No, no. And it's still like you were talking about before with um aliens, minor tweaks to the computer generated, you know, effects. This could exist today. You could put this movie out today straight to Netflix and it would be a 100 million dollar movie. Uh, yeah, yeah. And it would something like this like this would go straight
0: to Netflix. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it would, wouldn't get a theatrical release. Everything's going to change 2 years later. There we go. All right. I mentioned this deal he signs with Karako Pictures. First thing he wants to do is make a sequel to Terminator. I have had some great theatrical experiences in my life. I have had I've been I've been lucky enough as have you to see some amazing movies in the theater that were revolutionary that were one of a kind that that changed the game if you will i've seen these movies in the theater nothing will ever come close to being a 13 year old boy (laughs) seeing an r-rated terminator 2 judgment day in august of 1991 one of the great experiences of my life yeah now does nostalgia people say well maybe just being nostalgic no no i i watch that movie every year yeah it's it's Amazing. It still holds up. Like, it is an incredible film. And I'm not even talking about the CGI, which, again, revolutionary.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah, again. I remember, I'm, so for those, I mean, is Entertainment Tonight still around? Uh, I, I see it on YouTube. They do clips on <laughs> okay. YouTube. I mean, we, we, we used to watch Entertainment Tonight while we ate dinner. Yeah. And I remember for, it must have been four to six months, just seeing all these CGI effects that they were showing before the movie came out. The promotion that used to happen back then was just... It had you it was like your mouth watering to get to the theaters and just I got to see this. I, see I remember
0: kind of living in that world of, well, there's no way. My mom would have never allowed my brother and I to see this movie. She's and and to her credit, I thank her. You know, I didn't get too desensitized to to buy, Well, that's bullshit. I saw all the movies I wanted to see at other friends' houses.
1: <laughs> Just because she wouldn't let me doesn't mean we didn't have an oh, underground, mar, uh, and, you know, market. Here is what I also think: the teenagers who used to work the counter that would let me buy the PG thirteen tickets and then go in and see the R movies yeah. at the cinemas West. Listen. You were doing God's work back <laughs> Whoa, then. God you, bless you. You made my day. No one kicked me out. I mean, there's really not much
0: that would need to say about Terminator 2. We we've talked about this oh, at right. length. Uh, it's been it's been one of the movies that's been covered, I think, the most throughout the nine years of this podcast. Oh man, I, I will yeah. just say that whether you watch the theatrical or you watch the special edition, uh, either way, I dare you to find a better movie. <laughs> like it's one of my all time favorites. Like yeah. it's it's. It's perfect for me. Well, when we did,
1: you know, our top 10 sequels that are better than the original Yeah, and both aliens and Terminator two made the list yeah. and I still taking nothing away from Terminator or alien Terminator two is a far superior movie. So the, th- the thing about the thing about Cameron is
0: look, this is one of the things that I respect and I respect the hell out of this guy, but one of the things that I respect about him is don't think it's always about the money for him because no, that's he, what's so great he could have very easily left term, the end of terminator 2 on a cliffhanger and it's like a couple years down the road we're gonna see how this ends and you know the people at calico pictures were like
1: oh you know this we, you know we've got nine more of these to make. franchise opportunity
0: yeah. and cameron there is a complete story between terminator and terminator 2 the story is over yeah and honestly that is the the terminator that i've seen like there there have been multiple movies afterwards none of them hold a candle to either of these movies
1: no it really is like the perfect the perfect sequel right i mean that's what we said it before you know he he makes the movie that needs to be made knowing that if he does that the money is going to be there it doesn't matter what the budget is yeah. mean, avatar titanic you know You push that budget, but you're going to get the results out of it. Now,
0: speaking of budgets, (laughs) it should be noted that up until the release of this movie, which came out in 1991, the most expensive film ever made came out in 1988. And that was Rambo three. And that had a 62 million dollar production budget, (laughs) which when you watch the movie to its credit, you know, say what you want about the movie. It hasn't aged well. I was going to say I, I haven't
1: seen Rambo three
0: probably since the nineties. So. Well, let's just say um, he he teams up with the Mujahideen, who will later on go on to do really awful things. <laughs> and so that when I say it hasn't aged well, um, at the end of Rambo three, if you saw it in the theater in nineteen ninety in nineteen eighty eight, at the end it says this movie is dedicated to the brave men of the mujahideen
1: oh god now
0: when you watch the movie it says this movie is delicate dedicated to the gallant people of afghanistan <laughs> like they, they completely to, because there's certain movies just you know when i say it hasn't aged well it hasn't <laughs> aged well that being said and then he because he's going to do it in 2008 with rambo and burma yeah. and myanmar yeah. but you see that 60 million on the screen in rambo 3. Okay, yeah, you see them. It. I mean, it's, it's all practical. There's tanks and helicopters and horses and thousands of people. Cameron's going to just blow that out of the water with, you know, anywhere from, you know, 95 to one hundred and five million dollar budget. And it was yeah. being touted again as the most expensive film ever made. But you know what people were not doing and put a pin in this. People were not saying this movie is primed to be a disaster.
1: That's look true. at the budget. Yeah.
0: Look at the budget on this thing. There's no way it's – the hype for this movie was, oh, this is going to be incredible. And the trailer – Arnold's back. I mean – And by this point, let's talk about Arnold. So, so between – in the seven years between Terminator and Terminator 2, <laughs> Arnold has become the most bankable movie star in the world. Yep. And he is – he very – has he did i mean with the exception of maybe raw deal like that run he goes on have you ever seen raw deal i don't think i have so so raw deal he plays a, <laughs> i swear to god let me tell you. I, mean, he, I have to look that up because he plays I I, a small i can't remember what state it's in it's somewhere in the south he plays a small town sheriff of a southern town like in georgia or something who with his Austrian accent, who has to go, who decide, who goes undercover to infiltrate the Chicago mob? Like it's, <laughs> it's, it's not good. It's, I'm adding that to my worst best movies. It's, it's, it's not good. It's, it's not good. Funny. You know, just the fact that he's a small town sheriff in the south, it's like walking tall. Yeah, uh, but our, I mean, he just goes on this massive run, and huh. you know, he is. He gets. Do you know actually what his payment was for this movie? For T2? For or? T2. It was a $16 million Gulfstream jet. That's oh that's God. what the producers gave him to do this movie. And, yeah. and of course, a cut of the profits.
1: Probably back, yeah, back in point. So
0: uh, the marketing for Terminator 2 was out of control. Now, we've gone on and say this before. One of the biggest, you know, letdowns I think in trailer history is is the reveal that Arnold is the good guy. Yeah. You know, because when you watch the movie it's clear Cameron is setting it up to where you don't know who's who in this yeah. one. Again, I don't want to keep going on about this movie. It's 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 beloved. It's a top 5 of all time for oh, me. Oh yeah, absolutely. 100%. So, um the budget again 9402 million you know whatever you whatever you believe uh, the box office 520 million yeah and, i mean outside of vhs sales dvds yeah, and that's re-releases. not adjusted for inflation that's oh, yeah. 500 million you know like ant-man and the wasp isn't going to make <laughs> ant-man quantum <laughs> is isn't going to make 500 million yeah. worldwide in yeah. you know 33 years later or 32 years later um challenge accepted <laughs> massive massive hit and again Probably made as much money on rentals and purchases oh, God, and, yeah. and licensing. And I mean, there, it, this. You, I remember playing the Terminator 2 video games yeah. and the arcade and the pinball. It, it was, was it, everywhere for like a year. Cultural phenomenon. I, I'm hard pressed to remember any other movie that came out in 1991. Yeah, that's true. And we're literally getting ready to record the eighth episode of 101 movies from the 1990s.
1: It <laughs> may have been it. <laughs> it's like
0: 1991, there was Terminator 2. And that was it. In yeah. fact, that might have been the only movie that came out in 1991, if I <laughs> we remember were correctly. We just saw that one over and over again. Um, all right. I'm going to say critics. I mean, come on. Ninety.
1: Ninety eight. Uh, you would think. So it's a ninety two from critics. Wow. But um, audiences had it at a ninety five. OK. So, I mean, again, anything over ninety is just above and beyond. Above
0: and beyond. Yeah. By this point, we come to nineteen ninety four. And I'm going to make an argument about the movie that came out in 1994. And then, of course, we're talking about True Lies. I don't want to hold the suspense. I mean, we're yeah. talking about Cameron films that have come out in chronological order. True Lies, I saw twice in the theater. And it is a comedy action or action comedy, however you want to define it. Is it, I, is it his only comedy? Yeah, I, I think it would be classified. Yeah, I would, certainly I would classify his only it as a comedy. More than an action, I, I, it's definitely a comedy. Yeah. I mean, if we're if we're going to go ahead and go ahead, one hundred percent, this is a comedy. It's yeah. it's an action comedy. Anything that
1: co-stars Tom Arnold, eh, it's pretty much a comedy.
0: This was. One of the first movies, this was based off of an existing property. This was based off of a a French movie, you know, Le Total, what it was called. And it was the same premise, you know, a guy moonlights as a a spy and his wife thinks he's a boring salesman. I remember going into this movie, not knowing that it was a comedy. I was 16 when the film came out. I knew within like the first five minutes, like with Tom Arnold, like, oh, this is funny. But you know what? It was working for me. It was. The humor was landing. Yeah. And I can tell you. Again, this movie is very hard to find to and, watch. And I did not like Tom Arnold at the time. No one liked Tom Arnold no, at the time. No one liked, Tom. liked Tom Arnold. Like no. he was known he, he was the head writer on Roseanne yep. and then he was married to Roseanne and nobody liked Tom nobody Arnold. Liked him. Yep. Like I remember like people were like, you know the, the you know it was Cameron's <laughs> production so he got to hire whoever he wanted but the fact of the matter is like like the studios like that we're going to be distributing the movie. And they're like, you can't have Tom Arnold in this movie. He's toxic. (laughs) No, he's, he is.
1: I'm going to say it right now. He's the reason this movie works so well. Yeah. He's the, he's the comic relief. Yeah. I mean, He, he plays off of Arnold in the way that like Danny DeVito did. Yeah. I mean, just he, he can be the, the color man and just run with it. And he does it so well. But it's because the script is written so well. I mean, and,
0: come on. and the thing is that this is an R. This is this is an R-rated movie, mm-hmm. and that it it's R-rated humor in this film. Yeah, and I respect the hell out of that because it. I can see a PG thirteen version of this film. Yeah. I can see Cameron. I could. I can see it. You know, you'd have to yeah. make some cuts it's here Armageddon
1: and there. type version of it. Yeah, the, but, yeah, yeah,
0: where the humor would be good, but it's. You got to push it over the edge a little bit. And it really does. And, I mean, yeah, this movie does have a hybrid of practical and CGI in it. It starts off huge, bombastic for the first half an hour. Then it settles into a B-plot where Arnold's wife, Jamie
1: Lee Curtis. Holy hell. This is the first time I, I, I had seen Halloween before, but this is the first time I went like... Heyo! By the way, just for the record, we haven't we
0: haven't recorded since that we did the catching up episode where we had our Oscar Oscar predictions. Where I did predict that Jamie Lee would win the Academy Award. I called it the legacy Oscar. Yep. Here's another example of a best supporting actress role in this film. I think I think she is terrific in this. The way she
1: transforms into just you know
0: yeah she goes from Helen Tasker to Helen Tasker (laughs) yeah she and then this movie look. I think an argument, argument could be made that the villains haven't aged well, no. you know, I mean, it's again, this is when you watch this pre 9-11 and you're like, you know, you, you know, I don't want to, I'm not really trying to dance yeah. around it too much, but it's Arab terrorists yep. in, in, in the movie and he goes out of his way to make them look like bumbling idiots. Yes. and. When you watch the movie now, you're like, uh, well, that's probably the only thing that doesn't age well. Yeah. Well, I mean, the Harrier jet scene. Uh, the CGI could have been a little bit better on that. But I will say, I mean, I will say, look, I love the film. Oh, me too. I yeah. love it. I love it because of the comedy. And and yeah. another thing that really, really works about this movie is Bill Paxton. Bill Paxton. Dear God. He is so good in this movie.
1: <laughs> the crying, the pissing himself and, and we have
0: and, and for those who haven't listened yet like uh. this made our 101 movies of yeah. well let's this isn't this well, actually <laughs> I think all three movies in the 90s are going to make our one-on-one. But we did, a, we yeah. did a, a kind of a longer discussion about True Lies on the one. What, was that a, episode one? I think it was. Yeah, yeah I think it was, one was episode one of, of, of 101 movies entries. from the 90s, which is available on Patreon. <laughs> you know, there's a link in this episode show notes to check it out. We're almost done. Three episodes to go. Four, if you count the uh, the uh, honorable mentions episode. Or I saw this movie twice in the theater. Absolutely love it. When I rewatched this film. You know, I've heard the argument that it starts off really strong and then it kind of meanders like for an hour. I disagree. I think the whole subplot with Bill Paxton yeah. is is probably some of the best parts of the movie. It's
1: hilarious.
0: And I still piss my pants <laughs> when, when I watch that. When Tom he, Arnold just shoots at him yeah, as he's yeah, walking away. Yeah. He's, like, he's like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> so um, now I'd be curious to know about the, the, the critics on this. The Rotten Tomatoes. Now, um, I know the movie was successful. Oh, by the way, again the most expensive film ever made at the time.
1: Yeah, I can you know, see Cam- that.
0: Cameron is going to... And this is a pattern that will now continue with every subsequent James Cameron movie. Just keeps on coming. Budget for this film was $120 million. It went on to make a little under $400 million worldwide. But like we've talked about at length in our 101 movie series, movies had... Two lives. They had their yeah. theatrical life, and then they had their home video life. The '90s yeah. was massive, and, and it you, did. yeah,
1: like we said before, you, they don't. Unlike today, where what is it? Forty days after. So, if you're Universal, it's seventeen days. Seventeen days after, it's available to, to buy for yeah. ninety uh, back then, you couldn't buy it. Creed three is about to be
0: uh, oh, next. Really? I think. I think next Tuesday, it's going to oh, be available gosh. video on demand purchase. So you
1: waited. I, now we'll have to look it up, but it was like three, four months before they would release it to to rent, and then you could buy it. So there wasn't an option like, "Hey, it's out for you know rental today. I'll I'll go ahead and get it." Unless you were a distributor or a video store and owner. I, and 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 to be fair,
0: movies did play a lot longer in the theater. Yeah. Like Terminator Two was in the theater from July through like October. That's yeah.
1: unheard of now. And I remember when I worked for the movie movie uh, Dave's Video. Um, he would go out and get the movies that were coming at like the new movies, but they would charge him, I think it was like, a, this is back in the 90s, like $100 a copy. Oh, yeah, they were very expensive. So you had to look at it and go, all right, can I really afford four copies of this when I'm renting it for three twenty five? Uh, like, maybe I'll only do two. Uh, we,
0: yeah. we we should, we both worked at video stores. <laughs> we should do an episode uh, yeah. swapping some, some, some more stories about that. Uh, critics for this movie,
1: uh, uh, um, 85% critics. I wish. Um, 70. 70. All right. Yeah, not a big fan. Uh, audiences took it a little bit better um, at 76. 76. So three out of four people who watched this thought it favorable. Um, I think it's hilarious. Yeah, I do too. I absolutely love it. That was True Lies. All right.
0: So like we talked about, it, you know, he's going to go through a couple rounds of making the most expensive film ever made, and that's going to bring us to 1997's Titanic. And if it, you haven't seen it, I mean, yeah. there's no spoiler alert for this one because... <laughs> That movie had a two hundred million dollar budget, but do you remember oh. when I talked about how you know it was being reported that Terminator Two was the most expensive film ever made, and nobody was there wasn't any of these hit pieces out there saying it wasn't that, like Waterworld wherever. Was yeah, it, I mean, you've got to be kidding me. Yeah, ninety five's Waterworld. People were saying that's going to be a disaster, and yeah. you know I think people willed that into you know existence. <laughs> people were saying the exact same thing about Titanic that it was this is going to be the, the ship has sunk before the movie even comes out, right, and. Well <laughs> I don't think they could have been any more wrong. This didn't just be go on to become the most the, the highest grossing film of all time. It became the highest grossing film of all time by like a billion dollars. By, by double or tri- triple almost? Yeah, like
1: at it, the time? At the time. It was I mean it was plus re releases plus I mean, that doesn't include the DVD, the resales, the insanity. Here's the thing
0: about it though. Like I rewatched this I won't say I watch this one every year. But I have seen this probably in its entirety ten times. And it, it's still, I'm never bored by this three plus hour movie. I am always really, I find it fascinating even before the spoiler iceberg hits the boat. you know, like I just find his level of detail, yeah, uh, his authenticity. I mean, it is a movie that tells a fictional narrative inside of a real world event but he he sprinkles in real people
1: <clears throat> but it, it the 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 thing that's the magic about this is it would be you could cut 100 million dollars off of this by just going we don't need that level of detail we don't need to know what the grand staircase looked like yeah. we we don't need to know what the you know the the interior seating looked like we don't need to know what the interior cabins looked like like the, no boiler rooms no we don't need that but just it, cut it out and just focus on the story and you would have saved 100 million dollars but It wouldn't have been the magic that it is.
0: No, I mean the first time you see those gigantic pistons moving up and down. Oh God! And you're like, whoa! Like, first of all, the the, the first thought that goes in your mind is like, this was a hundred years. This is more than a hundred years ago. (laughs) Like, how did they build this (laughs) thing? What kind of magic is this? (laughs) I mean, it's said in the movie, eleven thousand Irishmen built the ship in Belfast. But still, like, like to, to, to wrap your head around. Just to talk about the real Titanic for a moment, like to wrap your head around, like what it took to build that ship like yeah i can understand why they thought it was unsinkable
1: oh yeah exactly i
0: mean it's made of iron she's made of iron (laughs) sir i assure you she will sing (laughs) Uh, everything about the film from the casting of leo and kate and you know the 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 song celine dion's my heart will go on like like that song came out months
1: before the movie came out which i will i will say this if um you're ever at a bar and they have the touch tunes go ahead and put that song on because it will piss off everyone in the restaurant and it's about seven minutes long it's a it's a <laughs> banger <laughs> no, song, song, that's a terrible song but everyone songs, will go they took their time back then
0: <laughs> you know what i always like to do when i'm out touching is i always like to put on the full 11 minute version of meatloaf's i'll do anything for love <laughs> the full-on 11 oh, minute version next then. that is that is a that Watch is out a, waffle house that is a classic classic song uh, I saw this in the theater the first time with
1: my sister. I saw it a couple more times in the theater. Everybody saw this in the I theater. I saw it with my girlfriend. Like, she... I don't want to say drug me to it, but she drug me to it the first time. Second time, I was like, no, I don't want to go back and watch this, this, yeah. this. All right, fine. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah. Uh, it's 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 a masterpiece.
0: Yeah. And 14 Academy Award nominations. Wins 11. <laughs> yeah. You know? Uh, and de- And deservedly so. Like, this is one of those rare movies that, you know, sort of transcends... The time period that it came out, like it's it's celebrating, it celebrates its you know its 25th anniversary this year and or last year it, it was re released re released again yeah. in, in, in 3D in 3D and which I
1: hated the first time in 3D. Well, this time it was 3D Sorry. with a high frame rate. Oh, I didn't I didn't re- I didn't rewatch it this time, and I want to say it didn't. There was a second re release, wasn't there?
0: Yeah, they they re released. They did okay. a Valentine's Day thing a couple years ago. Okay. Like they, they you know they're going to throw this bad boy back in theaters every once in a while, but it's it's uh, like, like, I don't even think epic it's on the scale of a David lean movie on a Lawrence of Arabia on a Dr. Chivago, on bridge on the river quiet. Like the fact of the matter is they built a like one third scale version of this ship, uh, you know, in a studio in Baja, Mexico, you know, in the ocean, you know, yeah. like it's what, what it took to make this movie. <laughs> like I just like, it, it's astounding.
1: It's, 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 It's almost incomprehensible to take something from a vision board to a completed movie that is nearly perfect. I mean, in every scene, every frame, everything from the cinematography to the editing just, I mean, just flows so well. The fact that it opens up on like at the time, what was at the
0: time modern day, you know, it was opens up in modern day times and it starts with real life underwater footage of the actual Titanic. Yeah. Like And Bill Paxton is and back. Yeah. It, it's just it's just astounding. Like I don't think we can heap enough praise on this film as far as, you know, on a technical level, on an emotional level, it is as you said, it's a perfect movie. It, it really is. And I mean, there's not much more we have to say about it. It's yeah. just, you know, if you've never seen Titanic, <laughs> you know, if you're, you know, a big tough guy out there, I'm never going to watch Titanic. No, you should watch
1: it. Uh, definitely. It, it really is to, to see. I mean, cause the, the difficult thing on this is you get to know not just the, the rich characters, but also the, the poor characters. Yes. Yeah. You see the people who, you know, are not going to make it. And it, it opens and your eyes. It like, does. Like I mean, the, you understand that most of the people that you're meeting are. I mean, even the Asters. You know, Jacob or not, uh, I forget which Aster it was. I was that, about to say Ad Aster. <laughs> you know, goes up. Oh, we're gentlemen. We'll go down with the boat. We're, we're going. We're, we're like, dressed in our best, the? and we're going to
0: go down with the ship because that was the noble thing to do yeah. back then. And the band plays on. You know, like yeah. it's just, but. Like, I think some of the things that really opened my eyes watching that the first time was like, like most of the people that mm-hmm. perished were third class mm-hmm. passengers who were Stewards. literally locked in. Mm-hmm. They couldn't get out. Not oh, the scene with the mother and those two kids in the bed. Like, uh, uh. And, and, and that, by the way, that's Jeanette Goldstein. Oh, is it? Who, you know, who plays Vasquez and uh, ah. and uh, Janelle, Todd and Janelle I from Terminator 2. Yeah, I... that, yeah, that's that's Jeanette Goldstein. Son of a gun. I learned something new today. Thank you. So, yeah, and she's doing a wonderful Irish accent. So she's done Latino. She's done (laughs) Irish. (laughs) She's done done. Southern California. (laughs) Yeah he disappears from that role so good uh if you're there's a great uh podcast i don't think it's still on anymore but i think it's still available called uh, i was there too with matt gorley and he he interviews people that had smaller parts in movies to talk about their experiences oh, cool. like like you remember a few good men where uh jack nicholson he's he's meeting with uh lieutenant harris uh hendrickson he's meeting with hendrickson and and and, and he says tom Tell him we're sur- surrendering our position in Cuba. The guy who opens the door. Yes, sir. Well, he has that guy. That one guy who has like one line. Yes, sir. Yes, there, sir. Has him on, on the show. I did rewatched he, that the other day. That's funny. But he had Jeanette Goldstein on to talk about her experiences on Titanic, Terminator 2, and Aliens. And she is a... Such an affable and engaging person to listen to. It's it's probably the best episode of that podcast. Oh, that's awesome. uh, It's called Very "I Was cool. There Too" with Mac Gorley. So I, I strongly recommend that one.
1: Numbers, numbers on uh, it. Let's I mean, see.
0: I, can what do you you, think? I, I can tell you that the movie well, itself has made two point two four nine billion to dollars date. And, uh, to date. To yes. date, to date, and it is now the fourth highest grossing film oh. of all time, and that's well deserved. Well deserved. Critics, critics, what do you think? I mean. I'm going to say, this is a bold statement. Okay. okay hot take. Okay. I'm going to say that there were probably some critics out there before the movie came out who were bolstering about how this movie is going to sink. And mm. then they didn't want to look like they were wrong. Yeah. So I'm going to say critic score on this one was mm. 85%.
1: That's close. 88. 88. Critics okay.
0: Actually, we're big fans of this movie. All right. And I'm going to say audience score, 95?
1: Not no? really. Really? Good. Audience score on this... 69 <laughs> what that's with that's with two hundred and fifty thousand plus reviews on rotten tomato let me give you a couple of them just
0: please for, let's just uh, now for those who haven't listened to the uh the 101 movie series on patreon every once in a while jason hits me with rotten tomato <laughs> scores that just don't make sense and then and then to back it up he's going to read a couple of the reviews so this <clears throat> this is this is old hat for us but this okay. is the first time we've done so this it on the is, main
1: this, is <laughs> this is alternate wikipedia this movie i'm reading this word for word okay this movie about a horrible person and a poor man who somehow falls in love with her i don't know how anyone can come out of the movie liking her especially when she does what she does at the end of the movie (laughs) (laughs) um go on the movie is not entertaining and it's so overrated wow okay well sad she let jack die the little rat (laughs) okay um all right well let's see that that might be a spoiler alert um i'll see if i can find you one one more just really great one because people are so awful um i think we just this pretty much sums it up i like that people love this thing but i don't okay well said (laughs) one star one star well said (laughs) well said uh leave it to people to ruin everything good well,
0: they—they're. I'd love to see the reviews for Polyshores in the Army now. I'm sure that's five stars across the board. Uh. When's Billy Madison three getting made? Um, okay, so we got a little break after this. Yeah. So he's going to take twelve years <laughs> off. He's
1: going to take a. He's going to take what we call in the industry a sabbatical. And uh, well, after you earn that, you go. You know what? I can do whatever I want from this point on. And he does. And he, he, builds, does. he literally
0: builds, like, deep-sea submersibles and goes down mm-hmm. to the Mariana Trench, you know, yeah. by himself. So, like, he's got that kind of what we call fuck-you money. He can mm-hmm. literally do whatever he
1: wants. In service of future.
0: Um, it should be noted that uh, Car- Carlico Pictures that had made this awesome deal with him to make a bunch of movies, um, what happens there is they... After the success of Terminator 2, they then bankroll Rennie Harlan for a movie called Cutthroat Island, Ooh. which if you watch the movie now, I think it I think it deserves a reevaluation because, I mean, it's again, it was more than a 100 million dollar budget and it's all practical. And they built
1: these big, giant pirate ships and yeah. some of the practical stunts in that movie um, are amazing. Maybe but, I, I, I haven't. I probably have not seen it since I, I actually saw it in the theater. But it may it, I don't think I've seen it since then. But it but it bankrupts the company. Yeah. And in Easy order way. in order to get out
0: of bankruptcy, they have to sell some of their assets and they end up selling the rights of Terminator to somebody else. And James Cameron no longer has the rights to Terminator. Like he, he loses the rights somewhere And he actually, the rights, I think, just reverted back to him last year or something like that. Oh wow. So In that period between 1997 and 2009, we're going to get two more Terminator films, which he has zero affiliation with. And I got to say, I'm not, I know everybody's hating on T3. Oh, well, I'm about to. Okay, go ahead. I'm about to. I like that movie. Because as much of a life-changing experience as Terminator 2 was for me in July of 2003, I had a Terminator watch party at my house Ooh. where we watched the first two movies, then went to the midnight release <laughs> of Terminator 3 Rise of the Machines. Rise of the Machines. And if I, could, if I could express to you the polar opposite of the euphoric feeling I felt seeing Terminator 2, that would be my experience seeing Terminator 3 Rise of the
1: Machines. Wow. That's where I stand on that. Okay. Um, I will say the audience score on that is a forty-six. Okay, critics not it weren't that rough. Sixty-nine. Okay, that's, <laughs> that's like one par with Titanic. <laughs> I know. <clears throat> um, um, I, it wasn't that I loved the movie, but um, I appreciate that movie. When comparing it to the
0: subsequent Terminator sequels, oh yeah. Uh, as far as as far as uh, uh, like the the scale of epic set pieces, it it probably has the better mm-hmm. set pieces. I mean, but it it really is like the first hour of Terminator Three is literally redoing the first hour of Terminator Two, right down to a hot freeway chase. Yeah, you know, it's just like well, yep. I remember in the movie going, like, we're doing another freeway chase tra- chase involving trucks. Like what what what? Yeah. Um, and then so, Nick Stahl
1: for me, unfortunately, to he the, wasn't your guy. He was not the You're uh, not my John Connor. He was not my. He did play it a little too um, scared, and I you know yeah. like been in the shadows too long, sort of. And you know, I'm a I like Claire Danes, but I I just
0: felt she she you know. came on like three days before production started because <laughs> really? whoever they had hired had for whatever reason dropped out or wasn't asked to to do the thing, and she came on like or something like 24 hours before, so. I don't think she had enough time to really do the material the way it was supposed to. Uh, let's just put it this way. Not my favorite Claire Danes performance. Yeah. Not my favorite movie. No, not even close. No,
1: but if if, I, if it's ever on,
0: I'm like, eh. I'll, I'll watch, watch that I'll watch. over Terminator Salvation any day of the week or Genesis. You know, I, you know you're going to say something crazy. About oh, don't do this to me. I, I, I don't hate that movie. I would watch Je- a Genesis to me is the one that I'll watch the most. Of the post Terminator Two movies, critics score twenty six. Okay, let me tell you something. Dark Fate, the worst of the lot. <gasps> really, you think so? I think it's the worst of the lot. Worse than Salvation. Having Ar- Arnold as an old, aging Terminator who's doing yeah, that was bad. curtains or whatever. He's like that was. Come on. The so Terminator Salvation, thirty three percent. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. That being said, and then you Off have Chris, Christa, Christian Bale's famous rant on the set of *Terminator Salvation*. Oh my Salvation. god, I love that! Yeah, <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> well, just laud it on, light it. It goes on for like six minutes. <laughs> I, I don't want to say I forgot about James Cameron, but when you go twelve years without a James Cameron movie, you kind of just—he's <laughs> just okay. Sight, well, that was a thing. So when the buzz starts to come out about Cameron's got a new movie and it's called avatar mm-hmm. and it's going to be revolutionary. I didn't, I didn't know what to expect. And when, then when the first trailer came out, I still was just like, huh? Like, what is this? what is this? But the hype building up to that December, 2009 release was, was enough for me to see it opening day. And I saw it opening day. And, and, you know, I think when we go through our rankings, I'll, I'll, I'll sort of, expand a little bit on my thoughts of the film but i liked it didn't love it and i have revisited a couple times it's right there with the abyss though it's not like if i'm going to introduce someone to james cameron i'm yeah. not using avatar as the jumping off point
1: no if i'm introducing someone to smoking weed avatar absolutely Yes, magic mushrooms, things like that. <laughs> I, that. I mean, that on a on a full screen is a delight for the senses, which is what I loved about it. It was a leap forward in filmmaking based on visual effects. I'm sorry, you you said it's not motion capture, it's performance capture? Performance capture. That's how Cameron wants us which to. Which is, I, I, 100%, I 100% agree with him on that. What happens in this movie is exactly performance capture the majority of it are i mean it's what would have been before cartoon people but they're now they're CGI but they're effects. but there's real but, actors behind them there's real actors behind them and the level of detail the movement just everything about them about 10 minutes in you completely lose that these people are do not exist yeah i it, by the time I got to the end of the movie you're you know in tears of what's happening to this, this race of people. And it's because he puts so much effort into that visual effect to create something that's so real. That is so not real. I don't think, and I could be wrong and I don't want
0: to just make this as a blanket statement. But I don't know if general audiences really appreciated the amount of work that went into making that film. I don't think so. I I challenge anyone to go just go on YouTube and watch behind the scenes of what it took to make that movie. Yeah. And seeing it in IMAX 3D uh, in 2009, which, you know, IMAX was we didn't even have one here in Ocala at the time. So it was a trip to Orlando to go see it. And I
1: remember just within the first 10 minutes of that movie, like,
0: what is this?
1: Well, and I remember the first 10 minutes of that movie just begging, like, please put this out in 2D. Like, I did not want it in 3D. Really? I saw this with my kids. It wasn't opening day, but it was opening weekend. I'm I'm sure that if I were to have some great 3D glasses, it would be amazing. But the 12 cent Eh. crappy version they give you at the theater does not give you the effect that, that I think James Cameron wants. So... I think these movies should have come with their own glasses with the ticket price. Okay, this is a crazy question. Can you
0: buy 3D glasses? I'm sure you can. I mean, I'm not talking about the the red and blue ones. I'm talking about like the like, ones that, like like actual ones that like comfort ones that are actually comfortable. I, I I'm sh- there's got to be a way. I mean, I had little red marks behind my ears and on the bridge of my oh nose my God, from yeah. from the IMAX of Avatar: Way of the Water. Yeah, Way of Water. Yeah. No, I mean, I, someone in the comments let us know. Yeah, yeah, we we, we would love to know. Again, this movie, interestingly enough, not the most expensive film ever made. <laughs> By this point, Marvel—we have Marvel out Marvel there. Marvel is starting to churn out, and The Dark Knight came out yeah. at this point, so it's on par with with movies. But again, not any big star power in this movie. It's Sam Worthington, Zoe Saldana, yeah. Stephen Lang, Sigourney Weaver is probably the most recognizable name on there, yeah. and she's she's not in it that much. She's got a bigger part in in the way of water. I think, but this by this time had Sam Worthington done Salvation. Same, okay. Salvation actually came out in May of two thousand and nine. Okay. So, and this comes out later on the year. So, yeah, he done that in the Clash
1: of the Titans. Or? I, I think is I is mean, right. It, or, well, yeah. Clash
0: of the Titans is, is after Avatar because Clash of the Titans is all part of that three D yeah. boom. Because remember everything.
1: Yeah, Sam Worthington, man was tagged with some pretty big movies
0: everything was 3d after this oh, for man. like six yeah seven I hated years it. i hated it couldn't stand it I was damn glad I, like literally i just i kept moving my head up and down the only way to see the force awakens in imax was in 3d Ugh. and i remember just like you gotta be like and god bless christopher nolan for not putting out his movies in 3d yeah i mean just like you did not see the dark knight rises in 3d there's no point no <laughs> i mean so I think it's safe to say this movie did well, okay? because <laughs> yeah. it eclipsed Titanic to become the highest-grossing film of all time. Those numbers were—it's still like it's number three, mm-hmm. uh, but right now it's it's two point nine billion. It's at three billion dollars. Insane. I mean, that's in, because this was a movie. It was it was like number one at the box office for like fifteen weeks straight, and this was opening up against Marvel movies. Yeah. This was this was insane. Well, like, and
1: I think the thing that made it so appealing was that it wasn't a movie for a specific, you know, 25 to 49, yeah. like 18 to 29 year olds. It was a movie for everyone. Yeah. Kids, you know, dads, <laughs> grandma, grandpa. Like, yeah, there's nothing there's nothing that's specific to a certain age or range. And it just it, it appeals he, to everyone.
0: And he's going to do that again. I'm do that again
1: <clears throat> uh, critic response
0: uh, yeah, I am gonna say critics 82 percent
1: that's exactly correct oh
0: wow that's, that's the first time I've ever gotten something <laughs> right
1: it might be audience <laughs> scores mm. 88 82 percent again wow okay yeah right. the old double double so you know eight out of ten people 8 point2 out of ten people enjoyed this film so he's gonna take some time off okay a, a few more years and he's gonna take a, a few more but he years. does you know he does
0: some stuff in between you know he's gonna he yeah he does some you know producing you know things like that he actually got to work like they actually started filming stuff for the sequel to avatar in 2017 2018. you know obviously it's the post-production that takes a couple of years avatar the way of water avatar the way of water um obviously the pandemic uh delayed the release of this film by a couple of years. Yeah. Um, parts two and three were filmed at the same time. So we are actually on track to have an avatar three come out in December of
1: 2024. Um, yeah. And why, they, why the loud, if you've already filmed it, I understand post-production, pr- post-production, but you got, Two years, really? Build up that Two
0: anticipation. Uh, no, don't. Marvel, <sighs> from 2021 to 2023, Marvel released 17 different <laughs> right. things between Disney Plus and movies. It was just 17. <laughs> People couldn't get... Build up that anticipation. All right? Everybody saw
1: Avatar the Way of Water. He wants everyone to see everyone. <laughs> Avatar
0: fire <laughs> well, I mean, Fire, bad.
1: He, was be. <laughs> he's got no... I mean, there's no... It's not like he's got a, a electric bill that is coming due that... <laughs> He's going to need a couple billion dollars. It 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 should be
0: it should note and and if you're interested, we're not going to spend too much time talking about Avatar: The Way of Water because you can just go back a few episodes yep. and listen to our, our our feature length review of the film. Uh, just be note um, it was. Uh, <laughs> the highest grossing movie of all time budgets estimated budgets are anywhere between 350 and $460 million. How in the world, I would say that $460 million probably take into account that he filmed both movies at the same right. time. Yeah. You know, he pulled a Peter Jackson. Peter Jackson. Yeah. So, um, as it stands as of today, it is now. So like the highest grossing films of all time, number one is avatar. Number two is end game, uh, avatar. The way of water has, has moved into number three, uh, avatars or (laughs) Titanic is four and you know it's just it's just insane he's got he's got three three, throw some Marvel movies out three of the four highest grossing films of all time like that's that's insane yeah all right do the critics one more time I know we
1: did it on the avatar on the avatar episode so for this one um as we kind of mentioned before critics and the academy mm, good but not great um 76 percent critic score okay but audiences right now this is rotten tomatoes with ten thousand verified ratings have given it a 92 percent okay and i think
0: based on that episode you'll you'll remember that i was very very high on this movie yeah uh like i said as of this recording it comes out tomorrow for digital purchase and
1: i've got my 20 bucks standing by (laughs) i remember yeah just being mesmerized by the what was put on the screen and this is if it ever comes out for re-release i mean mean, hell it might be even out still right now it it
0: is Is by the way i went to go see not to date the show i went to see the fourth john wick this morning and
1: so i I walked by theater it was avatar 3d was still playing 15 weeks later you will not be disappointed yes you needed to to set aside three hours but it's three hours that just it's a it's a visual escapade trademark yes (laughs) um
0: the technological leap from the original Avatar is astounding. And you wouldn't to me. think it would be. It's but- astounding. When I watched the behind the scenes of The Way of Water, it was like they they had this like mount they wear. They've got all these little dots on their face mm-hmm. for the performance capture. They had one single camera. Now that for Avatar the second one they had two cameras, and you see like the like every little muscle twitch in your face yeah. is translated to these characters. It's insane
1: and i i didn't realize this until i i I want to say like two weeks ago i didn't realize kate was in this i i I knew she was in the movie i just couldn't tell you which (laughs) character she was they're trying to drown her again (laughs) like damn it
0: there is a scene in the original avatar where jake sully falls off a waterfall goes underwater that was not filmed underwater that was filmed in. they had somebody pretending to be underwater motion captured that yeah and it doesn't look great yeah so Cameron was like, we're doing this all underwater. And and that's insane what yeah. he did. So, well, I guess we're ready to go through our, we, our, our, our <laughs> list. So we're going to go through. We've already talked about the movie. So,
1: Jason, you're number eight. Um, My number eight is Avatar. The original. The original. That is also my
0: number eight. Is it really? Yes. Yes. Okay. okay. So we both have Avatar as our... I don't even want to say our least favorite James Cameron movie mm-hmm. because, again, I, I love all of these movies. Yeah. I really do. So, that was my number eight. What is your number seven? Uh, the Abyss. That is my number seven. No, I swear no. to God, it is. I, I'll show you when we're done. That is my number seven. Okay. All right. So, we both have the... We So far... This is where we're going to diverge. Your number six. Um, Avatar, The Way of Water. Okay. My number six is True Lies. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. okay. So, just to recap... Eight for me is Avatar, eight for Jason is Avatar. We both have The Abyss at seven, and you have The Way of Water at six, and I have Mm -hmm. True Lies at six. All right, number five for you. Number five for me is Titanic. My number five is also Titanic.
1: (laughs) This is getting fun. Okay.
0: All right. All right. Number four for you. Number
1: four for me is True Lies. Okay, number four for me is Avatar The Way of Water. Okay. All right, number three for you. Uh, Number three for me is Terminator. That
0: is also my number three, <laughs> but I, I want everyone to know we have not compared notes whatsoever. No. Number two for you. Okay. This is going to be interesting because I think we're going to be flip-flopped on this one. Okay. This should be interesting. All right. Number two for you. Terminator two. Number two for me is aliens. And that's my number one. And so my number one is Terminator two. <laughs> that's interesting.
1: No, but I think, um, and I, if we were to do this, those were, those are my, the only things that I had difficulty in putting together like that one when we did it on the the top 10 sequels like two I best know. movies of this, this guy's career, how do you judge one better than the other? But And, and I just want to, like, again, for the record, like this was a difficult list for me to put
0: together. I, what do I say? I love all of these movies. Yeah. So I said on social media, we are recording a new episode today. Tell us your favorite James Cameron movie and why, and I'll read the answers on the episode. All right. So amazing friend of the show, Barry Metcalf. Barry, I hope you are doing well, my friend. He said, this is actually a really tough question for me. What I love about his movies is there are strong female protagonists. And I have to say that Terminator 2 Judgment Day is my favorite. It is the perfect action movie. What else can be said that already hasn't been mentioned about this movie? For me, it's the perfect blend of Sarah Connor's transformation from the first film and the fatherly figure Terminator is for John, as ridiculous as that sounds, he said in parentheses, two very important emotional elements that are in perfect harmony. Without those, it wouldn't have been as impactful, memorable, or meaningful It elevated it into a complete it elevated it into complete perfection. Mm. Well said, Barry. Well said. Nailed it. All right. My friend Andrea wrote The Avatar movies being transported to a wonderful new world and the unbelievable imagination of the creation it took to make the films. The compassion in the storylines of learning to accept each other's differences and fighting for what is right. Well said.
1: That's false.
0: All right. I don't even know how to say this. Uh, forgive me, my friend. You're on the <clears throat> Dana Buckler Facebook page. this is a small group right here. So join Facebook again. Bullet yeah. Bingalow. Bullet <laughs> Bingalow. Bullet Bingalow. I hope I'm saying that right, man. He said, I think his best is Avatar Way of Water. My favorite though is probably Term the Terminator or Aliens. Both are raw, lower budget movies using practical effects, great storytelling, and timeless moments. All right. Mustafa Lynch says, The Abyss, it came out, and I remember watching the making of documentary just to find out more about this alien world he had created under the sea in film. Yeah, I, that's, yeah. again. Uh, I, all right, let's see here. On Twitter, Josh says, Avatar was the movie that originally got me super obsessed with movies by Titanic. is just such an iconic and perfect blockbuster top to bottom. So I'd go with that. It feels like the culmination of everything spectacle filmmaking was moving towards up to that point yeah good point yeah and like anything wonderful they've <laughs> squeezed it dry mm-hmm. matthew constantine said on twitter the terminator it's raw tight and succinct it gets the job done and leaves you feeling satisfied traits his films would show less and less as time went on oh I, I was gonna say
1: that's what she said but okay
0: yeah. <laughs> Uh, The cultural pages said, it's certainly the abyss. I think for the groundbreaking special effects, the emotional stakes, and those cool helmets that filled up with breathable liquid. The Derek Duvall show said, the Terminator and Terminator 2, they are one film to me. Sam said t2 unmatched it got everything awesome soundtrack Sarah Connor is a complete and total badass whole movie is perfect not going to disagree with you there buddy it's my favorite it's my number one (laughs) Rolando Morales said aliens is a masterpiece of my book I remember watching it in the theater on opening weekend I'm jealous it was a thrill ride of a film with plenty of action suspense humor and a touch of heart with Ripley and Newt I can watch it over and over and never tire it that's true uh, Graham said aliens in Terminator 2. Uh, Michael Ordona, he just put a picture of the abyss. All right. Awesome. Perfect. Very cool. All right. That's our little uh, little little chat about James Cameron movies. Very cool. Awesome. Love awesome. Guy. So um, before we wrap up, just want to remind everybody that we do have a Patreon exclusive series, 101 movies from the 1990s that you need to watch. Uh, as a matter of fact, as soon as we're done recording this episode, we are going to lay down episode eight. Man. So... Um, 16 hours Yeah 16 hours Uh, uh, of the 90s films 16 hours on our way To 22 total So uh, Jason as always Thank you so much Appreciate it And my name is Dana Buckler And thank you so much For listening